Sienna Marabella, and you're listening to the Honey Soleil podcast, bringing you all things wellness for your mind, body, and soul. Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode of the podcast. It is another day here in quarantine at my apartment. We love it. Um, I'm going crazy, but I I love it, I guess. But oh guys, I finally caved and I bought a Nintendo Switch, uh, the light one in, in gray because I want to play Animal Crossing. Like I have been wanting to get this for so long. I've been talking about this with my mom and I've been like, should I do it? Should I freaking splurge? She's like, maybe you should get something to furnish your apartment since you want to finish that. And I'm like, you know what? You have made points but I want to play Animal Crossing so bad. So I made an impulse purchase, went on Amazon. I got one. It's from like a third-party seller. So it's like apparently used, but it's never been opened out of the box. But they are marking those prices up for Nintendo Switches so damn high right now. It's crazy. And to be honest, probably shouldn't have bought that right now. Like it's a $300 that I really didn't need to spend when I could have, you know, paid for something that was more necessary in my life. But, you know we do what we do for gaming. Like, let's be honest here, but I'm so excited to play Animal Crossing, you guys. And if you follow or you watch my YouTube channel, you know that I've been starting to do Sims series and I've made a gaming channel that I will do when the quarantine ends, which I'm thinking if I can get an Elgato or something to record my Nintendo Switch, I'm going to do Animal Crossing videos um, on the gaming channel. But I know that some of the podcast listeners, you guys care about self-help and not gaming at all. But, you know... I just wanted to talk about this in the beginning because, you know, I do like a chit chat in the beginning to get you guys updated on my life and what's new and stuff like that. But quarantine has just been a lot of uh, crying, overwhelmingness, depression, being really motivated at some parts, gaming a lot, self-help, getting really on track with my work, but then getting really lazy about it. And it's just been a roller coaster of emotions for me. Today's episode is 30 things that you can do to be happier and healthier in 2020. I've compiled a list of 30 things from really small to kind of big changes that you can make in your life to improve the course of your life, make you a little bit happier, a little bit healthier, and just overall organize and improve the quality of your life, which that's all about what we're here for on this podcast. Did I word that sentence so badly? I did, and I don't even understand. That wasn't even English, but... Yeah, that's what we're all about here on the podcast is on this journey to self-growth and becoming the best versions of ourselves. There are things that I need to look at and focus on too, and I just think it's a really good list of 30 things to improve the quality of your life. Let's just get into today's episode. The first thing to do is to say no to the things that don't serve you or your happiness. Pretty much no one is going to respect or prioritize your time unless you do. So you have to set boundaries. This is something that I struggled with pretty much my entire life. Like even now I'm slowly getting better at it. But for me, I would, if I got an invitation to do something, I would be like, yes, I'll move things around to do that thing. And it would ultimately lead to me not completing my work. And if you work from home and, you know, maybe you don't have a boss, you work for yourself, it's harder to self-motivate and you think, oh, I can move things around because my schedule is created by me so I can move them around. But on the other hand there, when you're doing that, you're you're slowly chipping away at your self-confidence because you're breaking promises to yourself. You're not respecting your time and you're breaking promises about you doing certain things to yourself. Like you said, I was going to work this day. I was going to do this. I was going to get this, this, and this done. But by breaking your promise to yourself, you're kind of chipping away at your self-confidence because you're not really taking yourself seriously. You're not taking your time seriously. And you're essentially 
saying or or emulating that you can be malleable and you can let other people alter your time and control your time when really you need to be in charge of that. So I would just prioritize and set your own boundaries because no one else is going to respect them unless you're strict with them. So like what I'm saying here is to say no to coffee at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, if that's when you work, don't don't accept that. Ask the person, push it to the free slots that you have. Don't accommodate your schedule just for others. Ask them, can you do it maybe Friday afternoon? I'm only available during these times or I'm only available on these days. Be firm with your schedule and don't let other people make you change things. And I, I just, I'm speaking from personal, a personal place right now, because that's essentially what I would do is I was a yes man. I would say yes to everything. I would let other people, um, control my schedule essentially. Like I would accommodate other people's schedules and I wouldn't take my own seriously. And that's really, I think something that will hinder your self-confidence. It's really bad on your self-confidence. So if something doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve your happiness and it's, it's going against your boundaries and your timeline, then say no to it and don't feel guilty about it. Number two is to wash your bedding and your sheets weekly. This is something that I've been doing for so long and there is no better feeling than getting into clean, fresh sheets on like a Sunday night after you've showered, you've done a, like a whole skincare routine. There's no better feeling than getting into a clean bed. If you think about it, your pillowcases probably collect so much dust, so much oil, so much leftover makeup, just nasty shit from your hair. It's probably affecting your skin. It's probably making your skin not as um, not as healthy as it could be. So if you wash your sheets weekly, you're making sure that you're always keeping on top of pretty much the hygiene of your face. And also just like when you sweat in your sleep or, you know, the dirt from your body, if you haven't showered, that shit accumulate. So washing your sheets weekly is going to be a game changer. Number three is to do a social media purge. And what I mean by that is to unfollow the people that you don't feel inspired by. So if they make you feel any negative emotions, such as jealousy or that's all I can think of jealousy, or you just don't like them, but you for some reason still follow them, unfollow them. What I like to do is follow a select 10 creators that I align with and I want to see their content daily. Like I obviously follow my friends, but I have a set of like 10 content creators that I truly am inspired by. I get motivated by them. I am genuinely really happy to see their content and I pretty much prioritize looking at their content. Like I will watch their Instagram stories and not others because Social media can be either really beneficial or really toxic. And I feel like there's a really fine line between it. So if you're constantly scrolling on a feed where you're not really happy, you're not motivated, you're pretty much either jealous, you're angry, you're just not feeling inspired by who you're following, do a purge, like detox the shit out of your social media. I do this. I'll unfollow people that I just don't align with. And I don't like their content doesn't make me feel good. And I know that can seem harsh. Like, Oh, I just don't like your fucking shitty content. Like, no, that's not, it's not what I'm saying. It's just people have different like goals and visions and vibes. I know vibes is a weird word, but (laughs) we have different vibes and I don't want to follow someone who I don't really align with. Who's not making me happy. And when I follow the people who like my top 10 creators, they make me feel inspired. They make me feel motivated. They make me think that, Hey, I can up my Instagram game. I can up my career. I can up who I am as a person. And that's why I love following them. So if you're following the people that truly you benefit from on social media, it's going to seem more healthier than if you were just following a bunch of like Instagram models that you're just, you're envious of how pretty they are or the body they have. I unfollowed all those people. Like 
no offense, but I followed these super pretty like Instagram girls. They didn't really bring any beneficial content to me. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but all they brought to me was their face and like bikini pictures and like just pretty pictures of them. And honestly, it was doing nothing for me except make me feel like a piece of shit. And I was ugly. I'm not ugly. We're not ugly. None of us are ugly. Like that's just subjective. And so looking constantly at someone that you think is prettier than you has a better body than you it's going to make you feel like shit. And I can say complete honesty that unfollowing them was one of the best things that I ever did because now I don't give a shit. The people that I'm following, I actually like what I'm seeing and I like them for more than how they look. I don't follow them because of how they look. Pretty much just do a social media purge. This is going to be super healthy for your mental health, essentially. Number four is to make meditation a daily ritual. I have heard so much on the scientific benefits backing meditation and I've still yet to make it a daily ritual. So this is honestly on my list and that's to make meditation a daily ritual. It's so powerful. And if you listen to podcasts, articles, you read like a shit ton of things, you'll know that stress can really take a toll on your mental health, your physical health. It's stress is just the antichrist, honestly. And a way to combat that, like one of the number one ways to combat that aside from exercise is meditation. So that is something that I personally am working to do I want to do it every day this year. And 2020 was like a shit year. And we're only in we're only in April and it's been a shit year. But I'm hoping to do meditation for the rest of the year because it is such a powerful thing. And I don't know why I don't do it more because honestly, when I do it, I feel so amazing after. So that's something that I recommend and I also want to do with you guys is to make meditation a daily ritual. Or even whenever I'm feeling upset, do meditation. It's all about you know incorporating it slowly and then it can become a daily ritual or even a habit, which... That's what a daily ritual is, but you know. Number five is to purge your entire environment. This is something that I do frequently because I truly feel that it's powerful. When you have a cluttered space, you have so many things shoved in drawers, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your closet, you feel overwhelmed. It's it's pretty much a thing that you feel overwhelmed and you can never find anything because everything in your house doesn't really serve you a purpose. It's just clutter at that point. And so if you purge your whole environment, your whole bedroom, your whole apartment, your whole kitchen, wherever you live, whatever situation, if you purge it and get rid of the things that don't serve you and you're only keeping things that, again, Marie Kondo type shit, bring you joy or serve you, you use it almost daily, it's just something that truly aligns with you, you feel that that item aligns with who you are. I hate having so much stuff. It makes me feel disgusting. And when I purge my environment, I do this probably every six months. I'll go through every nook and cranny of my apartment and I will just get rid of the stuff that I just don't need. I don't see a purpose for. And I'm a lot more harsh with this before I would get so many emotional attachments to things. Once you can break free from that and you can start purging with more of a strategy, I guess, then it's going to be a lot helpful for you. Number six is to track your water intake and drink two liters or more per day or however much is recommended for you specifically. I know that for different weights, different ages, different heights, different whatever, you would drink a certain amount of water per per all of those things. Now for me, I, I went to the hospital for a kidney infection about two months ago And they were pumping me with five liters of water. And he was explaining to me the importance of having to drink the two liters of water or three a day to flush out my kidneys and make sure everything's running efficiently. So that's kind of when I started really taking my water intake a lot more seriously. I was drinking a lot of water and you can get those bottles, like those water bottles that show you like each hour you should be drinking this amount of water. And I've always had that, but I never really stuck to it. But after I got back from the hospital and he made it, he made it in a way like I could see why I needed to drink 
drink so much water it clicked with me. And that's why now I drink from those water bottles. I'm making sure that I'm getting my two liters a day and truly drinking a lot of water. I know people always say this shit like, Oh, if you're depressed, drink water. That's dumb as shit. But drinking water truly like clears up your skin. It makes it glowy. It makes you, your mental health function properly. Everything about you just works more efficiently when you're drinking the adequate amount of water that you need. And honestly, I get headaches all the time. And I'm like, why do I have a headache? Um, bitch, you have drank four cups of coffee and like zero water today. Like, honestly, if you're drinking the adequate amount of water, you're going to feel better. Like period Bible, whatever, drink your water intake. And the best thing for this is to track it because if you're just endlessly drinking water and you kind of aren't tracking it, you kind of don't feel like you're, you have a goal or you don't even know where you're, you're at with your water intake. So if you can track it with like a water bottle, um, one of those reusable water bottles, save the environment, or you can use an app on your phone to track how much water you're drinking. That's going to be very game changer for you guys and for me and for literally everyone. So yeah. Number seven is to take the stairs instead. I've been always doing this. I think it is great because it's just another way to make sure you're getting movement throughout the day. Because when we sit for too long, that's taken like 10 years off our life. Honestly, it's just bad for you. So when you make it a conscious effort to take the stairs instead of taking the elevator, you're getting a little bit of that extra exercise, a little bit of the extra steps. And also think of it this way. It makes your butt look hella good. I love taking the stairs and make sure to walk on your flat feet. Don't tiptoe it because that way it works out the calves and you want to work out your butt. So like flat foot those stairs and take the stairs instead. Your butt's going to look dummy thick. I'm telling you, taking the stairs is something that is just, it's become a habit for me. And once you make the conscious effort to always take the stairs instead of an elevator, it's going to just become like an instinct or muscle memory to automatically take the stairs. And realistically, it's not that much work. Unless you're carrying a shit ton of stuff, it's really not that much work. It's just good for your health, good for your heart, good for your butt. So try to take the stairs instead. Going along with this, number eight is to get up every hour just to walk around or stretch to prevent the negative impacts of sitting for too long. Like I said, sitting for too long is, again, the antichrist. A lot of things are the antichrist, but sitting for too long can be bad on your bones. It can be bad on your, just like how you function. I don't know the science behind it, but I know that sitting for too long is very bad for you. So maybe set an alarm every hour. Once you're working, like set a timer for an hour and then make sure to just get up, stretch, touch your toes, walk to the kitchen, grab some water, just get up and like move around just a little bit. You don't have to get up and exercise. You don't have to get up and do something else, but just like get out of your chair, walk to the bathroom even. Just like kind of get up every hour to make sure that you're moving your body and you're not sitting in the same place for way too long. Number nine is to make a reading list. I love doing this because I'm the type of person who when I finish a book, I'm like, what the hell should I read next? I have no idea. So I soar through my entire library and I never really come to a conclusion. But something that's really helped me is to make a reading list for the year. But making a reading list helps take out the decision-making of reading and it makes it a lot easier for you. Something that I like to do is if you want to get a little more in-depth with this, you could say, okay, I'm going to read this book first, this book second, and like you make a timeline of the books you're going to read. And then if you read every night, just a chapter, you're kind of making progress on that list and you don't even have to think about it. You have these books all lined up when you're going to read them, which ones in which order. And of course that takes out spontaneity of reading, which don't stop that. But making a reading list can really help you 
tackle that goal of reading more. Number 10 is to pay attention to seasonal produce and cook with seasonal produce. If you're paying attention to what's in season, then you're inevitably cooking with more produce, obviously, because you're focusing on what produce is in season. So like strawberries are in season at this one point and all these different fruit. I honestly don't know what's in season. This is why I have to look it up. But if you're making a conscious effort to know what's in season, you're making a conscious effort to eat more produce. And that is essentially the tip here because it's going to make you healthier when you eat produce like that's um, medicine pretty much. Veggies and fruits are medicine. Number 11 is don't justify yourself. I feel like a lot of us, well, maybe I'm projecting, but for me, I feel the need to justify myself all the time to people. Anything, if I cancel plans, if I say no to plans, literally anything, I feel the need to justify myself. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a therapist and she would tell me, she's like, why do you feel the need to justify why you can't do something. And I'm like, cause I don't want them to be mad at me. I feel like they deserve to know. And she's like, it's your life. I'm butchering this, but she was saying essentially that it's my life. It's my personal, my personal thing. They don't, they don't, I don't owe them an explanation for literally anything. It's my personal private life. So if I don't feel like going out because I want to stay home and play animal crossing, I don't actually have to tell people that or come up with a stupid lie about it because when you flake on people and you constantly give them shit excuses, it hinders their trust in you. If you straight up just say, I can't do this or I have to cancel this and you don't give a reason, you don't look, I'm not the, I don't want to use the word weak, but like if you constantly give people a reason, they're going to always expect a reason and they're going to always think that they can push you around and be like, oh, well, why are you saying no to this? Oh, and then convince you out of it. That's why when you say no to plans, don't feel the need to justify it. If you need to just take time for yourself and have a self-care night, don't say that. Just be like, I'm sorry, I can't make it to this event. And also a lot of us, I'm again, I'm projecting me importantly, me mostly, when I would say yes to plans, I would already know that I was most likely not going to go. That is so shitty to the other person because if I know I'm not really going to go to this event, just say no up front. You don't have to justify yourself, but just say no up front. That way you're not wasting their time. You're not wasting yours. You're not feeling bad like you have to say why you're canceling. You're just being upfront that, no, I can't make this. No, I don't have time for this. And your time is important to you and others don't really need to know why or what you have going on. It's your life. You don't need to tell and share everything with everyone. And that's something that I took me a long time to really start being that person. But now I am justifying myself less. I don't tell people why I can't do this. If I want to fucking play Animal Crossing and not go out that night, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to make up a lie. I could just be like, I can't go. So number 11 is don't justify yourself. Number 12 is to take a daily supplement. This is really important. If you're lacking something specific from your diet, you can make it up with supplements. So for me, I don't eat meat and I don't get, I don't drink dairy. I don't have dairy. So I don't have B12 and iron mostly in my diet. And for me, if I'm not taking iron, I'm anemic and I get super tired. Even B12 can lead to, you know, depressive slumps and your mood not being elevated. So for me, I know that I lack that and that's the vitamin that I take. So if you can analyze what in your diet you're getting enough of and what you're not getting enough of, try to supplement it with supplements. What? Okay. Bars, I guess. If you're not really sure what you're lacking and you just want, you know, to take something that's going to be good for your overall health, peep ritual vitamins. This isn't sponsored by ritual vitamins. I love them to death. I take them every day and they're the best vitamins I've ever taken because it's so simple. They're just 
one vitamin for everything. It's the nine essential nutrients that women lack most. And it's amazing because it has, um, it has a vegan omega in it, which is very important for me because I can't eat fish. I'm allergic to it. And I also wouldn't. So omega is important for me to get. It has the iron. It has the B12. It has a lot. It well, has nine. It has nine vitamins that we generally lack. And so if you kind of need a starting place and you want to take an everyday vitamin, I would highly recommend ritual vitamins. I don't have a discount for you guys because I'm not working with them, but it's my personal brand of recommendation. But if you really have like something that you're lacking in your diet and you really need to get a specific higher increase dosage of it, then I would recommend care of vitamins because that is where you can pick the exact supplements you want, or you can take a quiz and see what they suggest. But I recommend just doing this yourself and figuring out what vitamins you need. And then you can curate them and put them together in a little package. So you get this whole box where you get like a packet of vitamins for 30 days and it's a packet for every day. It's amazing. So if you know you're lacking like these four vitamins and you just need to take a good dosage of them, care of vitamins. So those are the two that I recommend all the time is ritual and care of. If you want a multivitamin ritual, if you want to be really specific about it, then I recommend care of, but yes, not sponsored by either of those. I'm just recommending this for you guys because supplements are very game changer. They are very helpful for your diet and your health. Number 13 is to plan your workouts like a scheduled appointment. So for me, I would always do this at the beginning of the week or actually Sunday or even Friday. I would plan, well, now that we have the virus, I can't go to actual places, but this works the same if you're working from home. Essentially just at the end of the week or the beginning of the week, schedule time for when you're going to work out. That way it is like a doctor's appointment. It is a scheduled appointment and you can't really back out of it. It's in your calendar and you also don't have to think about it because it's super hard to get motivated for working out. And if you leave it up to whenever you feel like it, you're never going to work out. So if you make the time for it every week and you plan out every day of the week that you're going to work out and what time it's going to be so much easier for you to actually go through with it. Number 14 is to create a vision board. I love doing this because it's just super motivational. And if you don't know what a vision board is, it's essentially a poster board or it could be a digital board where you paste images and words of things that you want to manifest in your life, things that you want to see happen for you. So this can be just a giant mood board of what you want to happen in the next year, five years, how you want your overall life to look. It's essentially using the law of attraction and manifestation to put energy towards what you want. And if you're seeing it daily, it's going to be in your thoughts, it's going to be in your energy, and you're going to manifest it into your life. I love vision boards. They're amazing. If you don't want to make the good old-fashioned like physical one, you can also do this digitally and make it maybe your desktop screensaver. You can put it as your phone background. That way, you're seeing it daily because that's the whole point of it is you're looking at this vision board daily. Vision boards are amazing. If you want more on this, go on Pinterest. There's a shit ton of like articles and pictures for it. You can even look at YouTube videos. But if you guys want me to do a video on my YouTube channel of how I make my vision boards and kind of like making a vision board with me, uh, why did I sound so high pitched with that? Anyway, if you guys want me to make a video on me making a vision board and my process for it, let me know on my Instagram, wherever you can reach me. Just let me know. Number 15 is to read, listen, or watch something informational and motivational daily. This is very vital for me personally, because I am very hard, um, it's very hard for me to self-motivate very hard. So for me, I need external stimuli to get me that boost of motivation. Now, if you wait until you get motivation to do work or to do anything, you're literally never going to do shit because only a few select like people have that in 
insane amount of motivation that they don't need to do anything for. They just have it. I'm super jealous of you. But for me personally, I need to be filled with as much informational and motivational content daily. This could be listening to motivational podcasts, informative podcasts, anything that's going to inspire you and get you like excited to do things and excited to do your schoolwork, excited to work, excited to start on projects, excited to exercise. Anything that gets you excited about something, listen to it. You can again, watch YouTube videos. Sometimes in the mornings when I'm feeling so depressed and I don't want to get out of bed, I will watch a YouTube video on like how to get your shit together or like some sort of motivational video about getting my shit together. And it will make me feel like, okay, fuck yeah, I got this. And then I get out of bed and I do the shit. That's why if you give yourself a little bit of a boost every morning by listening to a podcast, reading an article, uh, reading a blog post, watching a video, it's going to help you boost your motivation and you're going to just feel Uh, so much better. Number 16 is to appreciate the small wins. This is super important because it goes along with gratitude. And when you're appreciating the small wins that you are making, if you're slowly getting better, let's say you're depressed, if you're appreciating the small things that you're doing every day to get out of it, you're going to feel so much more ready to handle the rest. You're going to realize how great of a person you are and how much you can handle because all the small wins add up. And everything, even big goals are achieved by small wins. Everything it can be broken down into tiny small wins. So when you have a small win or you succeed at something, appreciate the shit out of it. Something that I would also recommend is you can get a journal or any you could type this on the computer, but anytime you have a small win or something you're proud of, something that made you happy, write it in your journal. This is my, I call this my gratitude journal. And when I have a small win or something goes right for me, I write it down. And that way at the end of the year, I can look through it and be like, wow, so much more good happened than I thought. Like, cause we look at the end of the year and we look over our previous year and we're like, what did I do? What happened? What memories did I have? I just think appreciating the small wins is a great way to incorporate gratitude into your life. And when you are grateful, you're happy. Number 17 is to reverse negative thoughts and replace them with the opposite. This is something that a therapist actually taught me a while ago. And it's when you're having negative thoughts about yourself or you're having doubts about maybe the future and you're getting some anxiety about it, instantly analyze that, observe that you're having those thoughts and replace them with the exact opposite. So for instance, you're telling yourself, oh my God, I have this really big test coming up. I'm going to do terrible on it. I'm not prepared. I'm so nervous. Change that with, I have been studying. I'm prepared for this test. I'm going to do amazing on it. I'm going to feel so good after it. And once it's over, I'll feel a lot better. Like just Make it a habit every time you feel the negative thoughts to stop them in their tracks and replace them with the opposite because it's essentially training your brain to go for the optimism instead of the pessimism. It's just training your brain to acknowledge the negative thoughts, think that they're stupid, and then have positive ones. Now, I'm not telling you to just like fake it till you make it because I mean, that is, that works, but I'm not saying like completely ignore your thoughts and be like, you know what? I'm perfect. I'm great. I love myself, blah, blah, blah. If you don't feel it, you're not going to feel it. But just make it a conscious effort to be kinder to yourself and to take those negative thoughts, realize that you're having them and realize that they're not you. They're not really you. They're just your inner critic talking and you can replace what she says. You can completely change how you think about yourself if you make it a habit to recognize that you're having these negative thoughts and then reverse them. That's something that I consciously try to do. And I end up feeling a hell of a lot better when I do that. Number 18 is to schedule time for self-care. We 
I mean, I think as a whole in America, we have this thing where we constantly feel like we need to be productive. We need to be busy. We need to be doing something. And if we take a break for ourselves, we feel guilty. I think that's bullshit and I hate it. But if you're making an effort to schedule self-care time for yourself, time to do something that you enjoy, time to just be with yourself, time to be alone, time to get your skin in order, get your diet in order, get your mental health in order, just scheduling time once a week or every night even to just dedicate time to yourself and treat yourself. It's going to help you in the long run with your mental health. And I, I freaking love myself. Like that's why I schedule so much self-care because self-care to me is just feeling good about myself and doing things for me and me only and no one else. Like it doesn't have to do with work. It doesn't have to do with bettering myself. It only has to do with doing what feels good to me. That to me is what self-care is, is to set myself up for success by you know, letting myself take time and do things that I want to do. Like, yes, there's self-care that can actually be practical and help you in the long run, like, you know, setting up a budget or like financial self-care, like all of the things that are going to set you up for success. But self-care can also be just doing things that make you happy and doing things only for you. So that's why at least once a week, like on Fridays at the end of the day, I just love to cook for myself, do a face mask, like get my skin all in order, self tan, do a hair care, do a hair care, do a hair mask and like read, watch movies, play video games. Like it's just for me and me alone. And I feel so much happier because I gave myself that time to rest and recuperate. Because if you're going nonstop, like 24 seven, you're going to burn out and you're not going to, your, your health is going to take a toll. Your mental health, your physical health is going to take a toll. So always remember to make your self care a priority. Number 19 is to change up your breakfast. Now, I was listening to a podcast from, I think it was The Skinny Confidential, and there was someone on there that was like a nutritionist or someone who was a doctor and something. It was something about food. And he was saying that the number one thing that you can do if you don't know where to begin on changing your diet and like getting to a healthier diet, the the best thing you could do is just change your breakfast because it's the first thing you eat in the day. It's so simple. It's probably the easiest thing to swap. And just change your breakfast to something healthier, you're already on the right track to eating better. And that already can do so much for your body. So for instance, what I recommend is making a smoothie in the morning because that's a way to get a shit ton of vegetables, a shit ton of fruit. You can add lots of like superfood powers. You can just powers up powders. You can add superfood powders and you can just add all of those ingredients to up your antioxidants, up your vitamin intake, get all these nutrients that you're generally lacking in your diet and just like put them all together in a smoothie. So changing your breakfast to something easy and healthy is the first step in creating a better diet for yourself. And honestly, if you don't want to do anything more than that, that's fine. Changing your breakfast is really good. It's a great start and it's something to work towards being healthier. I love doing this. I have a smoothie every morning because I don't get enough vegetables throughout the day. I'm going to be honest. I don't get enough vegetables. I don't get enough of the antioxidants I need. So when I have that that smoothie in the morning, it's just aiding and boosting me a little bit more. Number 20 is to switch up your routines. Now, structure and routine is very important to, you know, not going crazy, but every once in a while, you might want to change up your routines because things can get dull and life is about evolving. So when you're switching up your routines, you're coming up with new things to add into your maybe morning routine, your night routine, your cleaning routine, all this stuff. You're evolving, you're switching things up, you're keeping it new and fresh and you're still having your routines. You're just altering them a little bit. So maybe look over and analyze your current routines and see what you can do differently, what you can add, what you can take out and go from there. Number 21 is to create a defunk playlist. So this is a playlist of music that makes you happy and gets you out of a mood or a depressive slump. So if you're in a funk, you something just pissed you off 
like crazy pissed you off. It ruined your mood. Something is bothering you. I'm telling you good music that makes you want to dance can change that, that the mindset you're in, because you honestly can't cry when you're listening to upbeat, fun music. Like you can cry when you listen to depressive music, but what you want to do is create the opposite of that. You want a defunct playlist. I have this playlist and it's called let's dance or something like that. And it's just filled with all the music that I listen to that I cannot sit still with. So music that I honestly feel like I have to dance to. And usually that gets me out of a mood or it gets me on the right track to getting in a better mood. It's like the first step of it. It's going and hitting the reset button. Like I always say, and that's with exercise and meditation, but this is another way to do that. And that's music because music can seriously alter and impact your mood. I recommend just compiling a shit ton of music that makes you happy, that you feel like you can dance to, music that you cannot sit still to, put it all in a playlist. And so the first thing, when you know you're in a bad mood and you want to get out of it, put that playlist on. Number 22 is when you think something nice of someone, tell them. Most of the time, we probably think compliments all day long about people, whether it be waitresses, people on the street, cashiers, baristas, all those kind of people. We think something nice, but we never actually say them. And when you say something nice to someone, it not only makes their day, which is the sole the sole priority here, but also you feel happier because I don't know where I heard this, but there's like a science behind when you're complimenting someone or you're being nice to someone, you do something nice for someone, you're getting a boost of serotonin. You both win in that situation. And I know that when I've had really shitty days and someone complimented my outfit on the street, it completely changed my attitude. So you have no idea the impact of what you say on people. And I don't know what it is about like receiving a compliment, giving a compliment. It makes you feel so good. So when you think something nice of someone, always make it a point to tell them and go out of your way. So compliment someone once a day. Number 23 is to designate certain areas of your home to certain activities. Now, a lot of people would say your bed is only for sleeping. I agree with that because it would help you get better sleep. I'm trying to work on that, but I do like working for my bed. I don't know. It's comfortable, but essentially you want to make maybe your office for working only. The bed is only for sleeping. The living room is for TV and socializing. The kitchen's only for cooking. So essentially just set certain areas of your home to certain activities. And that way you are not overwhelmed by like, oh my God, I'm doing everything in the same box all the time. Like even if you have a really small place, you can still say, okay, this chair is where I read. This desk is where I work. And it can just help you not feel like everything is so like blended together and just the same every day and just blurring together, overwhelming. Like I know it can feel like that because there was a time where I was just working from my bed and I was also sleeping in my bed. I was also watching TV. I was like in my bed the whole time. I felt super depressed because of it. If you make different areas of your home for different things, you're going to feel probably more motivated. I don't know. You can look into this more, but it's something that I would recommend you guys doing and myself doing. (laughs) Number 24 is to prioritize your gut health. There are so many functions that your gut carries out. There's so many parts of your body and your health that the gut really relates to. And I don't know everything to relay that to you. So do some research on your gut health, but make it a point to take care of your gut health, research it, eat foods that are good for gut health, take probiotics. Gut health is just the key to so many things. It's for your skin. It's for your mood. It's, um, it's for so many things. I honestly don't even know, but I know how important gut health is. So research the foods that are good for your gut health, 
eat a lot of fiber. Fiber is very key in your gut health and having it function properly. So fiber, probiotics. Number 25 is to create a weekly menu. So make a list of the meals that you can make throughout the week and then make a grocery list accordingly because it gets really overwhelming and sometimes frustrating when you're trying to think, okay, what can I make for lunch? What do I have in the house? And you just end up being frustrated and you make something unhealthy or you go out to eat. If you make a list of, or a menu each week of like maybe three breakfasts you can have, three lunches, three dinners, and you have the supplies on hand for that, it's going to be so much easier for you to stick to eating healthy because you're like, okay, I know I can have, or I can pick from these three meals to have for lunch. Number 26 is to find a skincare routine that works for you and stick to it. I would go through periods of like not doing my skincare routine. I do it sporadically and that's when my skin was struggling. When I really make it a habit to create a skincare routine and actually stick to it, I see the results in my skin. So try that out, find what works for you and work with it. Do it daily. Number 27 is to write out your top five priorities each morning or night. So this is essentially just reminding yourself constantly of what you're striving towards and what will motivate you daily. Because if you're writing down what your goals are, constantly. You are constantly being reminded. You're thinking about it. You're motivated by it. It's going to make you happier. So just remind yourself daily about what your top five goals are, your top five priorities, what really matters most to you. And you're going to be reminded why you're working hard or why you're doing this. And it'll essentially just motivate you. Number 28 is to detox your sleep schedule. Sleep is so important. They say it everywhere, every doctor, every scientist, everyone mentions how important sleep is. So make it a priority to create a good sleep schedule and a routine that you can stick to for optimal health. So create a bedtime routine, create a time that you go to bed every night and when you wake up every morning and make sure you're doing all that you can to really hone your sleep schedule to be the best for you. Number 29 is to incorporate plants into your environment. Plants are amazing because they are just living things in your apartment that they're just so happy. Like how can you be mad when you have plants? There's tons of plants that are good for purifying and improving air quality. So maybe research them. If you're not good with plants, research plants that you can take care of that need low light. They're easy to take care of. Succulents are great for that. But having plants for me, essentially, when I see my plants are doing shitty, like I'm not watering them, they're dying. I'm usually in a depressive mood. Like I'm usually doing pretty shitty myself. And when my plants are healthy, that's when I know I'm healthy because I'm taking care of these little babies and they're thriving. So it's kind of a good indicator to see where you are mentally when you have plants, but plants bringing them into your environment can just be such a happy thing. And again, they can purify the air. They improve your air quality. The 30th and final thing to incorporate into your life in the new year is to include apple cider vinegar into your daily rituals. Apple cider vinegar has so many properties that can benefit not only your physical health, but also your mental health. And there's a really good article that um, is on Poosh and it's called The Major Benefits of Apple Cider Vinegar. And it essentially goes through every single thing for the mind, body, and even beauty that apple cider vinegar can do for you. And it's very scientific. There's actual science-backed evidence on why apple cider vinegar is so good for you. Peep articles on it. Do your own research because again, I'm absolute shit at relaying information like this, but apple cider vinegar has a lot of good properties. So those are the 30 things that you can incorporate into your life in this new year, even though the year's kind of like 
going through it. But these are things that you can incorporate into your life, whatever time that will make you a little bit healthier, a little bit happier, and just improve the quality of your life. I hope you guys found this helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please be sure to review the podcast on iTunes, give it five stars. Tell me what you think. It really helps us grow on here. And also tell me on the Instagram, honey, Soleil podcast, which of these 30 things that you're actually going to try to incorporate, which ones you really liked, what you already do maybe, or even more tips that you have on what you think could make everyone healthier and happier because the Instagram is a community for you guys and just share all your knowledge with everybody. I really love it. I love reading DMs from you guys. I just love being on that podcast Instagram because it's just a happy little community that we've created. Um, Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast once again and I will see you next Tuesday for another episode. Bye guys.